Well, hello, boys and girls. It is your man, your favorite BBC or TBC for some of y'all friggy diggy people out there coming at you from Las Vegas, Nevada, where it is nice, warm and toasty. So on today's episode, episode number 21, we actually have the pleasure of speaking and chopping up with a former dominatrix turned financial planner turned cuckoldress. I know it's a very, very unique combination. But before we get into that episode, I want to thank everybody for all your contact and your messages regarding the last episode on episode number 20. On episode number 20, we talked about keeping your privacy safe and protecting your ass in the lifestyle by keeping your identity and your contact information a secret. There is way too many bad players out there in the game. So you got to make sure that you keep yourself safe. So if you haven't listened to that episode, make sure you hit that rewind button, that back button and listen to number 20 of the Bulls and Queens. And I actually have some awesome, sweet information. I am likely going to start an OnlyFans page with the lovely and the beautiful Caramel. So keep your eyes looking out for that because that's going to be totally, totally sexy. And as always, you guys, if you have any questions, go ahead and email us anytime at bullsandqueens at gmail.com. So we're not hard to find. It is bullsandqueens at gmail.com. All right. And as I record this intro, it's actually late March and the weather is getting warm out here in Vegas. And I know it's likely getting warm where you're at in the country. And what are your plans for the summertime? Do you have any kinky festivities or plans or vacations or getaways that you have planned? Hey, I'm interested in hearing it. Go ahead, email us. Let me know. Bullsandqueens at gmail.com. And last but not least, please make sure that y'all rate us, review us, and subscribe to us on Apple, on Spotify, and on Google. And keep on leaving us those good, great, awesome, kick-ass ratings. So our latest rating actually came from GM. And he stated that this is an amazing podcast for those interested in the swinger life. Authentic, sexy, and informative. If you want to listen to the real authentic stories about the adventures swinging, this is the place for you. I love the energy Doc Chocolate and Caramel bring to the table. Definitely tuning in, moving forward. That's what I'm talking about, GM. Thank you for being a listener and rating us and reviewing us. So, ladies and gents, please make sure y'all rate and review us on Apple, Spotify, and Google. All right. See you on the other side. You are now listening to the Bulls and Queens podcast, where we have sexy fun exploring the lifestyle and swinging exploits of black bulls, queens of spades, cuckold fantasies, 
open relationships, seductive interracial encounters, and other kinky shenanigans that are sure to get you off in a very good way. So get ready, ladies, and make sure you take notes, gentlemen, because here is your host, that super sexy, bold black man candy, Doc Chocolate. Hello, boys and girls, ladies and gents, stags, vixens, hot wives, bulls, and everybody in between. You are now entering another Bulls and Queens experience. <laughs> Hope everyone is doing well today, tonight, wherever in the world you happen to be at. We have ourselves a special guest, and I'm going to introduce her in just a moment. But before I get started, I want you guys to go ahead and make sure you visit the blog at bullsandqueens.com. Make sure you download my free ebook to you, which is the Lifestyle Survival Guide for Bulls, Queens, and Cucks. It just may save your life somewhere down the line in the future. And make sure you leave me a five-star review on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, and all that other good stuff. All right. So without further ado, I want to introduce my guest for today's podcast experience. Her name is, if you haven't heard of her before, is the lovely and the extraordinary Crystal Welch. Crystal Welch is a sexually empowered woman who is also a retired financial advisor, and now she's a full-time advocate for consensual non-monogamy. She actually chose her dynamic, posted an ad on Craigslist for a cuckold male, and has been very, very happily married to her husband for eight years. Is that a good introduction for you, Miss Crystal Welch? That is a great intro. Um, I'm so happy to be here, so happy we finally connected, and really looking forward to this. It's a ton of fun. All right, so everybody, if you're listening to this, you are listening to one podcast episode on two separate podcast channels. Oh my God, OMG. All right, so this episode is going to appear on the Crystal Welch podcast show, and then it's also going to appear on the Bulls and Queens Lifestyle podcast show. Ain't that crazy, Crystal? That is the craziest thing. When when I finally uh, connected with him yesterday, I go, hey, I do podcasts. I either get interviewed or I interview. I've never done a simultaneous interview. So, of course, I have to go through a learning curve with that, but he's been great so I'm just so happy that we're doing this. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I always love to connect with people that are very sex positive and that are in this lifestyle that we enjoy. And it's something where I always get something new from every interview. Like, do you feel that way too with the, the interviewees? Oh, absolutely. The absolutely. I, I'm continually blown away by the super quality of the people in this lifestyle. And the only way you can do is just have a good conversation with them like this. And one of the things that I already appreciate about you so much 
is that you're playful. So many people in this lifestyle just take themselves too seriously. And I love the fact that you're playful because I'm that way too. I'm a big joker and it's just fun. It makes things fun and it keeps everything lighthearted. I try to call myself a big joker, Crystal, but the only issue is nobody ever laughs at my jokes. I will. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Somebody is going to give me fake laughter. I love you. (laughs) No, I know. No, it's not fake. You're funny. (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you. And so, ladies and gents, we can't stay on this podcast that long. And the reason why is because Miss Crystal, she has herself a little, maybe not little, but a big guest that's coming over to town. Isn't that right? Boy, you're blowing my secrets right off the bat. <laughs> yes, it's true. I uh, I live in a geographic area where it's very difficult to find people of color because there just aren't very many here. And, and that's my stated preference. And so you have to be creative and innovative. And so my darling cuck husband, uh, to celebrate me for Valentine's Day, uh, agreed to fly one of my favorite bulls in from Chicago. So we're going to get four lovely days with him. And yeah, so I, I'll be a little distracted during this and I'll apologize to all of you in advance. Ooh-wee. Four days of fun from Chi-Town. So I'm doing the math over here on my fingers, Crystal. So I was semi-mediocre at math back in the day. And so, <laughs> so four days... Uh, let's see, 12 orgasms per day, um, 12 times 40. All right. You carry the number over. That's 48 orgasms. You know, that could happen. It could. And I, I may, I might shoot you a number just to <laughs> clarify after the weekend. <laughs> hey, so if y'all don't see Crystal on Twitter, that's why. Well, I mean, <laughs> by the time this episode drops, like, you will have had your fun and probably other fun besides that, but yeah. if I'm lucky, hopefully. Yeah. Oh shoot. Fingers crossed. So. <laughs> All right. So Miss Crystal, tell us how did a sweet, friendly, loving financial advisor become an author, a blogger, a speaker, and a champion for consensual non-monogamy? Well, let's start with a real simple question. All right. <laughs> um, I'll give you the really quick reader di- Reader's Digest version. So I uh, grew up in the Midwest, very conservative family. And um, like I was expected to do, and I assumed it always would be, I just wanted to get married, have a kid, you know, live happily ever after. And so got married, had a kid. <clears throat> then we moved to Los Angeles and we ended up being together there about almost almost 15 years. But what happened is I got really involved in my career there. He got really involved in his career there and it just blew up everything. And so we ended up divorcing, but it was it was not a good time. It was uh, during a deep recession. And so I had been the big earner in that relationship and I ended up having to pay a massive property settlement. So I limped out of uh, California with $1,000 and a foreclosure and a bankruptcy and had to start over. So yeah, it was traumatic. I can make fun of it now, but it wasn't fun. I'll bet. So I, I, uh, I rolled up here, started a new career in finance, 
based on a, advice from a really successful friend of mine, and it was it was good advice. So I had a good run at that business, and but I was completely sure that I would never have another relationship again. I just was never going to go through that again. I wanted to rebuild my empire and live happily ever after being by myself. But, you know, as things are, sometimes we get lonely and we want companionship. And so for many years in there, when I was in the gap, I would play dominatrix. I mean, I didn't really want to get involved with anyone, but I'm happily will tie them up and beat the hell out of them. And that's that's always fun for me. So. <laughs> So, so that's how I, you know, I made a few friends that way and had some fun. So I started thinking a little bit differently at some point. And I thought, you know, marriage wasn't really the problem in my last situation. It was monogamy that was the problem. I believe, very strongly believe, um, all human beings have two competing needs. The need for safety and security, which is what we typically look for when we get into a relationship, you know, to build that nest. And we also have the need for change and adventure, which disrupts that nest for many people very often, given that we're at about a 50% uh, divorce rate and another 28% of people cheat. Mm. I think it's kind of a failed construct. So I became anti-monogamous. So when I decided I wanted to actually have a little bit more in-depth relationship. I actually, you know, I had rebuilt back my company and I was doing good and I made the choice. I said, the perfect meal for me would be a cuckold meal. Why? Because I recognize that need. I have a need for safety and security. So a cuckold meal would be completely monogamous with me. I'll be more or less in charge and then I can do whatever I want. Perfect. You know, of course, that's what every woman does after they get divorced. They throw up an ad on Craigslist for a cuckold, <laughs> and we live happily ever after. I wish more women would do that. But uh, anyway, that's how it happened. And uh, so I ended up writing. I sold my practice in 2016, and I wrote a book about uh, – I, I worked in the divorce market almost exclusively during my finance tenure – so it was a book uh, teaching women how to survive after a divorce. Women typically do much worse. And so that's where the book came from. But I just got burned out on finance too. So I thought, why don't I pick up this topic of monogamy or non-monogamy as the case may be. And I've been sort of immersed ever since. So that's, that's the quick version of all of that stuff. And that's how I got here. Wow. So you like beating the shit out of people. Not actually the shit, you know, I just sting them a little. I figure out where their I figure out where their limit is, but it's kind of I kind of like watching men squirm one way or the other. I think that every <laughs> man to a certain degree, lesser or more, Crystal, I think we all love to be dominated at least a little bit. Cause I love it when a woman comes in and just like chokes the shit out of me. Like <laughs> I, I don't need any safe words or anything. <laughs> <laughs> This is one thing that the listeners want to hear. Bitcoin, Ethereum, Solana, crypto. Give me like a one-line thought on that because you are our financial advisor. I was this is not financial advice, by the way. No, it isn't. Uh, I, that, that's the most highly regulated industry in the world. And um, my philosophy on that is I will never invest in anything I don't thoroughly understand. I and, I'm not there, and I'm not there yet. So 
Um, I haven't taken the time to learn, and I think it's still a little early in the game, but that's my several line thought on that. <laughs> All right. I love it. I love it. So, hey, it's not very many times I get to have a financial advisor on here. So I, I had to ask the question. I had to ask that question. <laughs> a like, lot of people are these days. So I, I think a lot of people are curious about it. But yeah, you get, uh, my only advice would be un- make sure you understand it very thoroughly, both the uh, upsides and the downsides. Bam. I think that's very, very solid advice. So, all right. And you ID the problem, which in your relationship was the monogamy portion. And yeah, you working in the divorce field and myself, I actually am in that field as well. Um, yeah, the rates of divorce are extraordinary. I mean, yeah, over 50% of first-time marriages end in, in divorce, about 62% plus of second marriages and the divorce and third marriages, it's about 74% of all third marriages and in divorce. And I sincerely believe that if people delved a little bit more into non-monogamy and had more open communication, I think that that will cut the marriage rates. I'm sorry, the divorce rates down. I I believe that's true. I believe that's true. That's why I'm such an advocate for it. So my experience was, and I think it's pretty common for a lot of people, especially two career-driven people. He's very busy in his career. I'm busy in mine. And we just disconnected along the way. So I ended up, it was the loneliest I've ever been in my life. I felt like I had every obligation of marriage and not one of the benefits. I wanted companionship. I wanted sex. I wanted conversation. I wanted somebody to want me. I wanted to be desired. I want to desire someone. And all that just evaporated. And we just, you know, we we couldn't put it back. I would address it differently today. I would have marched right into, we have to do something different if we're going to stay together. And so let's explore this idea. Uh, Because if I could find somebody else while he's working to companion me or have sex with me, that marriage would have stayed together permanently because I had no desire to divorce. Yeah. And it's sad that so many couples or individuals within relationships feel like it's one or the other, you know? (laughs) Like, hey, things I I have to be black or white. They can't be gray. Right. Well, it's a it's a construct. You know, monogamy is not practiced all over the world. In fact, it's it's a fairly, you know, recent construct in the last few hundred years. But it's it's really a construct that's born out of religion. So most religious peoples and most religious nations have an expectation, especially for women, that you shouldn't be sexual. You shouldn't show up, you shouldn't dress sexual, you should never, ever consider uh, sex with anybody other than your partner. And then, you know, the Catholics will go so far to say, and you can only have sex when you want to make a baby. So, you know, that leaves <laughs> us older folks out in, out in the cold. So, so it's kind of, but it's interesting if you look at the statistics right now too, there's a wholesale rejection of religion happening right now too. So, I believe consensual non-monogamy, ethical non-monogamy is here to stay. I think people are starting to loosen the binds of religious um, dogma that has held them to a standard that's not practical in modern day life. And so we'll see what happens, but there's a trend going on here. Yeah, I thoroughly agree with you, Crystal. So I used to run track back in the day, like a hundred years ago, and I was an excellent sprinter. We used to run relays, right? And so I have the baton in my hand. I'm running the first leg. I'm going to hand off the baton to you, Crystal. 
All right. I've just been waiting for my moment. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Here is what I'd like to know from you, Doc. What uh-huh. actually what actually brought you to the lifestyle? And it's a two-pronged question. What got you into the lifestyle initially? And then what have you done subsequent that to actually learn how to be a good bull and now start to teach other people? Ah, beautiful. Okay. So on the first prong, Miss Crystal, what brought me into the lifestyle was back in, I want to say about 2016, my wife and I, we watched a Netflix show and it was a comedy slash drama. And basically it was two couples which uh, who were living together in the same apartment building. And long story short, they wound up hooking up with each other. Right. And, you know, it led to a bunch of laughs, giggles and like, oh, my God, that really happened. And after we watched that, my wife, Caramel and I, we had a discussion about that. We were laughing about it and we were teasing each other back and forth. Or at least I thought she was teasing me. And we were saying to each other, well, what do you think about that? Wow. And, you know, it's like, yeah, that was crazy. And so anyway, uh, Crystal, we didn't really talk about it that much. And then maybe a couple months later, my beautiful wife, who's also a psychotherapist, she brought up to me, she said, hey, did you know that there's studies which show that relationships have different components to it. So you can have an emotional component, you can have a sexual component, a spiritual component, and a mental component. And I was like, oh, wow, really nice. Yeah. And then she was like, they don't all have to be intertwined. You can have one or the other with multiple people. And I was like, oh, okay. And so, you know, I'm kind of thinking back to the show, but then I'm like, eh, Okay, I'm not really going to say anything, right? And so a few months after that, she brought it up, I believe, two more times. And then finally, Crystal, she just, you know, me and my simple self, us men, we can be simple creatures. She (laughs) just brought up, she said, hey, what do you think if we were to link up with other people and just try swinging? And I was thinking in my head, like... Oh my God. What? Oh my God. Oh my God. And Crystal, my little feelings were hurt. I I started acting like a little bitch. I was just like, what do you mean? My dick isn't good enough for you? Like what what are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, I, I was totally like, yeah. <laughs> And so I thought about it uh, and I only acted like a little bitch for about a day. Okay. And fellas, like all of us at times in our life, if we're going to be hundred percent honest, we all have a little, you know, bitchiness in us or, you know, we're acts like totally non-manly and just like, whatever, I'm not going to go there. But anyways, my meltdown only lasted about 24 hours. And then I thought about it because my wife and I, we met when I was 20 years old and she was 19 years old. And at that time, I was her first sexual partner. And so by the time we talked about it and explored it, I was uh, 36 years old and she was 35 years old. And so 
I thought to myself, okay, well, logically that makes sense. I mean, she's only had one partner since we got together and I had had maybe six or seven partners and that would suck if I was only dick that she ever had in her life. And then I thought, hey, as an added bonus, I get to hook up with beautiful women all across the world. So that's what brought us into the lifestyle. Now, answering the second part of your question, I believe you said, what did I do to become a better bull? Yeah. How have you perfected your craft or how have you how have you learned how to vet people, how to treat people, how to attract people, how to respond to people? I mean, there's a skill with being a bull because believe me, not all men have it. Really, <laughs> really. Really, yes. Like w- what what Crystal said, like not all men have it. And we were talking about that uh, yesterday, Crystal on the phone. And basically my thoughts on that is, With me personally, I've always been a gentleman, and that is the number one foundational component that everybody that is an up-and-coming bull, every male that wants to become a bull needs to have, is you need to be a gentleman, okay? So if you're a gentleman, that solves literally 80, 90% of the problem, okay? And then also make sure your dick gets hard. But that's (laughs) that's <laughs> that's a topic for another episode, right, Crystal? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, if you're a gentleman, then y- you basically go through the motions of making sure that the lady feels like a queen. You had to make sure that she, she feels respected. Me personally, when I meet a couple for the first time, I always greet the husband first. I always honor him. I always look him in the eye. I always have confidence. I always let it be known and give the vibe that, hey, I am the secondary to your primary relationship. Okay. So I'm not here to steal your wife or do anything stupid or shady or anything like that. I am here to respect you. Okay. And that's what I do with the husband, with the lady. I am very, uh, I don't want to, I first word that came to my head is I'm careful, but I am, uh, very situationally aware of the vibe that she's getting. Okay. Uh, do I need to act a little bit slower? Do I need to speed up? I want to make sure that she feels comfortable. I want to make sure that she's on a pedestal. I want to make sure that she feels loved, desired, that she feels beautiful. And then most of uh, foremost, I want to make sure that whatever fantasies that she has, if I'm able to do it, that I do it. And that's the biggest thing that I've gotten as a bull, Crystal. And I hope that long-winded ass answer answered your question. Oh, it did. Actually, I I have so many points I want to respond to. That was a great answer. So for my my uh, my listeners right now, he just gave you the formula for what makes a good bull. 
It's all of those components. And so you don't need to look much further than that. If you do those things, you will probably have success as a bull. So I want to jump back just a second, though. I also, because most of my listeners or followers are either people that they're looking for an entry point to the lifestyle, but they're not very experienced. My my listeners are not experienced lifestyle people. They're trying to learn. They're trying to get a peek in to see, are these just a bunch of perverted freaks or maybe it's something I could try on? So another thing I want to comment on too, is that your technique, you know, how you took some time to wade into this with Caramel, um, and you also demonstrated exactly what I said before. You guys created your nest, your safety and security, and then, you know, at some point, for one or the other of you, this need for change and adventure starts to assert itself. And the way that you had the conversation and you took it slow and, you know, she let you be a little bitch. And you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, that's the way there's so many, um, uh, from my experience, there's many, many more men that want to be cuckolded than there are women willing to do it. Uh, and so I, I often get questions like, how do I make my wife do this? And that is not the question. And that's not the way you go slow. You watch a show like they did, or you read a book or you read something or read somebody's listen to a podcast and start to learn, start to try things on mentally. And I, so I just appreciate your whole story, your approach, your technique. And that is why he is a champion bull. Oh, well, thank you. You're making a black guy blush over here. That's hard. I bet. (laughs) (laughs) So my question to you, Crystal, is this. Tell us more about your concept of a three-way relationship. Good question. Um, And you partially answered it in your last answer. But I'm a cuckoldress. This is our dynamic. Um, And... I have never been a swinger, but I have a bunch of swinger friends and we have a bunch of cuckold couple friends. And when I compare and contrast the two lifestyles, what I see most often is on the swinger side of things, both people want experience. They want to play. They experience, you know, multiple people and they, um, you know, that's sort of the nature of the swinger lifestyle, as I understand it, because I'm not an expert there. Cuckold dynamic is different. And of course, everybody runs theirs differently. But in our case, I'm a connector. I think COVID has ruined me forever for the random hookup sex jump. I mean, I just, it doesn't hold much appeal for me anymore. So we look for bulls that can be longer term. And it's much harder. You know, it'd be easier if, you know, it's just come one, come all, and let's just do this. But that's not what I want. And so it's harder. It's harder for us. But so the three-way relationship, really, I'm referring to specifically a cuckold dynamic and one like ours. In fact, all of our, except for one one couple that I can think of, our cuckold friends, every one of them has a long-term bull. And it works beautifully because they have time to develop an actual relationship, real friendship between the men and a real you know, loving relationship uh, between the bull and the woman. But you said the important thing that um, that people need to understand about the cuckold dynamic and that it is very much a three-way relationship. Your approach of approaching the man first is right. 
Um, you need to acknowledge and respect the fact that you are being invited into someone's marriage. And you, your job is not to try and wedge them. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a quick way to get kicked out. Um, your job is to compliment them, you know, to, to help them fulfill some of their fantasies as well as yours. But it's a three-way relationship because it, keep in mind that the husband wants you there. And the husband, there's no person on earth that knows that woman more than the husband does. He's your top ally. If you want to know how to please her, ask the husband. If you want to know what thrills her to her toes, he will tell you. So you would do yourself a huge favor. Don't ever try and wedge, but be friends and and actually get to know them and and rely on the husband. He's happy to tell you, you know, what she loves and uh, he will be your best ally and you'll have a lot more success. So that's what I think. It's a relationship. For us, it's a relationship. Um, it's a relationship. We want quality people in our life and we don't mind waiting sometimes long, painful times. before. <laughs> hey, before notice the emphasis on long, long, painful, terrible <laughs> amount of time before you find people that you connect with. But, you know, if you stay in there, you'll eventually find them. But that's who we look for. Somebody that's capable, has the emotional uh, maturity and, um, and all the things that you talked about. He's a gentleman. He has manners. He, he's, he's emotionally aware. Those are the people that we resonate with. And that tends to create a very, very good dynamic. Wow. And I love the fact that you said uh, long-term relationship and then also even ask the husband. And I think that's something that's is missed out on is bulls. Make sure you talk to the husband because I've never had a husband who shied away from answering any questions that I asked about whatever fantasies that his wife wanted to have. And a lot of times a husband would pro uh, proactively come to me and tell me, all right, Hey, these are the rules. So number one, do this. Number two, if he could do that, that would be awesome. Three. And so on and so forth. So uh, I, I love it. I love it, Crystal. Yeah, I think um, you know. There's a couple things in there that um, when you're thoughtful enough as a bull to approach the husband first and ask him thoughtful questions. The first thing it says to the husband is, "Here, here's a guy who is respecting us enough to be curious about my wife." I mean, you'd be shocked at how many bulls don't have a shred of curiosity. They just want to get their dick wet, you know? And and the thing is we, we can spot that and it's a big turnoff for me personally. It isn't for all women, but it is for me. And the other thing it does is it allows the husband to see that you, you have genuine interest in pleasing the wife. If you have enough thoughtfulness to, to ask him how to do it, uh, knowing that he's the expert in that arena. So that's all just good practice. That's just good practice. Yeah. And, and you and I both uh, and our spouses, we're relational based, meaning that we do seek relationships. And I think that's the foundation of all human uh, society is that we desire community and relationships. And for me personally, and I know it's the same for you, uh, based off of our conversation, we, we don't want one night stands and not saying that that's bad uh, because it's not, 
because everybody has their own thing that they want to do. And there's pros and cons to each side. Um, but if whatever you do, make sure that you do you. So if you're the type and you just want to just be one and done, then that's fine. But just make sure all parties know that that's what's up. And then if you want to have a relationship built up, uh, make sure you do that as well. Or if you want to take it further, <laughs> uh, make sure that all parties know. And it's all about communication. You bet it is. That is the key. That is the key. So in in uh, in the interest of full disclosure here, I'll tell you another secret about me. So I told Uh-oh. you I've, I've never been a swinger, but so hold we on, decided- hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Crystal. Shh. Hey, you guys, make sure you cover your ears because this <laughs> secret is just for me. Okay. Are your ears yeah. covered? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead, Crystal. This is completely confidential and that's why I'm sharing it. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so we have some friends that we're going to go to a big hotel takeover interracial lifestyle event. Uh, back in November. And we thought, gee, that sounds fascinating. And our friends said, it's just so much fun, the quality of people and blah, 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 blah. So long story short, we decided to go, but I wasn't comfortable. Number one, I've been locked up in this house alone for two solid years with COVID. And I, I'm a little afraid to emerge out into the world, especially into a big mixed event like that. Second thing is, I just don't, I don't see myself going into a room full of strangers and you know, finding some guy to screw me. I, I just, you know, that's just not me. <laughs> so, so I was joking with all of my friends before we went, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be the only female on earth that could go to one of these parties and not get laid. You know, I, I would like to, if it works out that way, but I'm not optimistic. <laughs> so in all, you know, to be, to really be honest, you know, it can happen for me that it can be casual. So, but the, I found one guy or one guy found me and was a complete gentleman. He was everything that you just described about your technique. He was a gentleman. He was thoughtful. He, he, he didn't come on too strong to me. He, we sat down at a table and he want, he, he was genuinely curious about what kind of experience I wanted to have. So long story short, that was the way to win for me. I didn't, I actually wasn't the only woman that didn't get laid because I actually did at that event. And it was really fun. And as a matter of fact, that very same gentleman will be here for four days. And so that's my, that's my secret. Boom. You guys can (laughs) uncover your ears now. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the kind of guy that's going to win with me. He, he went in there and he had Crystal's toes curling and had <laughs> panting and the yeah. panties were a little bit wet. And- yep. And he had me all three days. Oh, but what's that. funny about that, because I know this is a swing event. So so we arrived on a Thursday night. So, so and we and we, you know, we had talked to him. He actually put his business card on our on our uh, hotel doors to let let me know, I guess, that he was interested. So anyway, that's how we connected but I was you know I ran into my group of friends um the next day and I and you know I said guys guys I'm so excited I actually got laid I won't have to <laughs> go with my head hanging and ashamed because I couldn't get laid at this party <laughs> and they go oh great who was it who was it I go well it's this guy over here and he goes Oh yeah, we all fucked him too. <laughs> <laughs> They're it like, Crystal, you late to the party, girl. 
It was hysterical, but I mean, that's, you know, that was my first experience at a party like that. And so I thought, well, yeah, of course he did. Lucky you guys. <laughs> He's pretty good. <laughs> oh, man. It was fun. That's the fun of the lifestyle, you guys. Yeah, lady. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Boy, and if all bulls uh, handled themselves like he did, uh, you know, there would be a lot more of us swingers around, <laughs> probably. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So, all right. Baton, handoff. Okay. Now, Doc, I would like you to tell all of our listeners, what is the most important thing that you've learned as you have matured in the lifestyle? You and you and, um, and Caramel both. You, you've learned some things along the way. What do you think are the most important things that you've learned? The most important thing that I have learned in the lifestyle is to never stick my dick in one of those glory holes. No, just kidding. I, but, but, I was gonna but, but, say you gotta you gotta share more about that. <laughs> I okay, so I have a very, very crazy fear about sticking my penis into a glory hole, Crystal. Like I'm a little bit OCD and yeah, I, I do a lot of <laughs> nasty things uh when I'm playing, but I'm very OCD in my regular life, right? And germaphobe. And mm. I imagine myself sticking my dick in a glory hole and I imagine like somebody coming in along with a sledgehammer or a knife or something crazy. Or, or they you know, bring just, in their pet alligator. Yeah, they may bring in their pet alligator, hyena, <laughs> lions, tiger, bears, oh my, and my dick is gone and I've been Lorraine Bobbitt. <laughs> you know, and like that's a big, huge fear for me. And I have a lady friend in the UK and she was telling me about uh, a guy friend of hers who does nothing but glory hole uh, videos on his Twitter. And I was like, oh, my God, I could never do that. But I think I, I do want to, like, put that on my uh, fuck it bucket list. Mm -hmm. I, I do want to try it one time in a controlled environment, of course. So I know I sound like a little bitch, don't I? Well, you know, you've already identified yourself as that. So, you know, we love you. Right? <laughs> hey, 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 Crystal. I, I, I am a former and a recovering little bitch. <laughs> well, you know, and it's just right in my wheelhouse to want to call you a little bitch because that's just kind of how I roll. <laughs> There's something therapeutic about hearing you just say the words little bitch. It just, <laughs> it, it just seems so right. You know, and if I if I was standing in front of you and I was slapping a crop on my hand calling you a little bitch, it would be more fun, but. Oh, that's what it is. I forgot you are a dominatrix. I have. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Cause when you were saying, like, when you call me a little bitch, I was like, wow, there's something like ooh, attractive about that. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's been really funny all these years that I've been, you know, playing it with that thing just by myself. Uh, it's shocking. It was surprising to me. One of the things I was most surprised, it's really, typically, really successful men, men that are very strong and assertive and aggressive in their personal lives that just crave, you know, giving it all up to a strong female. I mean, that's my husband. He is super, super alpha by day and just absolutely craves to just lay it all down. But it's amazing the quality and the 
it's, you know, you think of men that like to be like a little impact play or like to be submissive in that way as being some kind of little bitches, but they're not. They're super successful, um, really sharp men that have this need because it lets them off the hook for a little while. For a little while, they don't have to make all the decisions. For a little while, somebody else is in charge. For a little while, you know, they get to just sink into that feeling of, of not being responsible for a little while. You are so freaking right about that, Crystal, because this is a conversation I've had many times. And I'm sorry, I'm segueing off of the question. I'm, I'm, I'm going to answer it for real, I promise. But uh, successful people that are dominant in their vanilla life, they do like to get dominated in the bedroom at times, many times. And people that typically feel, and and, and this is just stereotyping, okay? But what I've noticed is that a lot of people that don't have any control over their personal life, their vanilla life, their employment life, those are the ones that tend to say, uh, well, uh, you, you know, try to be super aggressive. And I'm talking about males, you know, yeah. I think there's a difference in male and female dynamics, but we're yeah. just talking about males. <laughs> so, um, okay. So I'm sorry, I'm going to get back on that. Answer your question. You call me a little bitch. And I was like, Ooh, I was like, <laughs> See, I, I rest my case. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah. I'm like, I, I, I'm going to imagine you wearing them thigh high black boots. All yeah. right. So uh, <laughs> yeah. the, the most important thing that I've uh, learned as I've matured in the lifestyle crystal is that I don't need to appease to everybody. And because with my nature, I have a, a pleasing nature or I'm a pleaser. You know, I try to please people, people pleaser. That's what they call it. And the one thing that I learned is I, I went through a spell when I would go to parties and I would just fuck anybody and everybody, you know, uh, that was a female. And the one thing that's a lot of the ladies that I did like, uh, they said, well, you know, you just out here fucking everybody, doc. And, you know, that's not really attractive. Right. And what I noticed was after I went through a spell of playing, my dick stopped working mm-hmm. and it was very, very embarrassing. <laughs> So uh, my dick just had a mind of its own. And it was almost like my dick was saying, okay, well, since you just fuck anybody, regardless of whether you're attracted to them or not, and attraction for me, Crystal, is not just physical. Obviously, physical plays a big role in it, but it's also that emotional component as well, right? And so when I started becoming more selective, on who I would link up with and play with, that's when I started having a better time. And so initially, my first two, three years in the lifestyle, I was just like uh, a wild man. I was just like, ah, hear me roar. You know, my dick was slinging everywhere. I was just <laughs> like knocking women down left and right, right? And yeah. then uh, COVID hits. And then even a year before COVID, you know, I started slowing down. And so instead of me linking up with 
maybe dozens and dozens and dozens of women a year. It's more like, okay, four or five new ladies a year. And then there's more repeats. Uh, I was going to say repeat customers. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of like that. Yeah, right. <laughs> you're selling something, we're buying. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> hey, I have a five-star reviews on Yelp, so I should that out. I, I, I just don't doubt it for a moment. <laughs> so yeah, that's the one thing that I would say I've matured at in the lifestyle crystal. Well, that's an important thing, uh, because it sounds like you really do have a good grip. Um, and I think that's, I think it's, that's one of my other misconceptions that's been blown up. I thought, geez, I just want to have more of a relationship and less of just experience. And I'm just assuming that since everybody's been locked down with COVID forever, that we're all want to relate and we want to connect and we want to, you know, but yeah, there's just as many guys that still want to just sling dick. because <laughs> They're not necessarily, you know, they say, yeah, we've been locked up for a couple of years. I just want to sling my dick. So, you know, it's, <laughs> so it's, it's still a little challenging, but being clear about what you want and, and, and being thoughtful enough to, you know, get clear with your partner before you engage will, will solve a lot of problems. So communication is the key. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So, Ms. Crystal, I have my last question for you. Are you ready? I'm ready. What are some of your craziest experiences with a bull approaching you and your husband in the wrong way? Do we have all afternoon? Uh, Yeah, we have all afternoon and all night, but I I, I don't (laughs) think your bull has... All afternoon. Well, he has all afternoon and night with you, but I don't think he wants to wait. Yeah. And then I won't be talking to you, little bitch. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So this is this is this is a good question, too. So I'm I'll I'll share with you some of the things that are a huge turnoff to me. And then I'm going to share with you an experience that's my number one worst sexual experience of my life. Oh, wow. Um, and it wasn't that long ago, but it, it, I mean, if I go all the way back to when I started, this guy took the cake. So the things that are, uh, that are really a turnoff to me, uh, let's see in a broad category, I would say the guys who send me a dick pic thinking that that's interesting without sharing anything at all about themselves, <laughs> guys that want to march into um, assuming that I'm submissive. Boy, are they wrong. They assume that I'm submissive and they're going to, you know, bounce me on my knees and, you know, make me do stuff. You know, and, and so that really gets back to the number. That biggest mistake right there is the failure to be curious, you know, so intent on your own pleasure that you fail to be curious about that person standing in front of you or the person that you may want to hook up with. Uh, so lack of curiosity, deal killer for me. Other thing that's a deal killer for me, people that take themselves too seriously. I love a sense of humor. This is fun. It should be fun. And I think laughter and humor is a great connector of people, which is important to me. So, and it's, it's just thoughtless things like that. People that don't have, guys that don't have manners, that don't know how to conduct themselves, that don't have some emotional maturity to have a grown-up conversation about what we're doing here, 
what we want to happen here and maybe what we want to happen after, you know, people that are mature enough to have those conversations. So those things are the necessities and the deal killers for me, generally. It's just the opposite of everything that you listed about what you think your role as a bull is. It's just the opposite of that. So if you're curious about me and you have a good sense of humor, you got a pretty good chance. So that's, so that's one thing. All right. Now let me tell you the worst. And this is for every man that ever lived. If you want to know how to be the worst lover that was ever created on the face of the earth, I'm going to tell you how I'm you taking notes. I'm taking notes right now. Yeah. Well, if this isn't anything you're going to want to perfect, I'm telling you, <laughs> you're going to want to even experiment with this. It won't go well. So anyway, I'm perpetually looking for, um, you know, a handsome black bull here in my neighborhood. And, you know, after eight years, I've nearly given up. But every once in a while, I'll trip across one and, you know, we'll communicate and say, all right, let's go grab a drink and, you know, see if we have can connect at all. And so met a guy like that. This was just actually, this is just last year sometime. I met a guy, we decided to go have a drink. He was a tall, handsome lovely black man. We had a nice conversation, you know, but he, he tended to talk an awful lot about himself and he didn't ask enough questions, which if you just recall what I just said, that lack of curiosity, kind of a deal killer. But see, here I am sitting in Portland, Oregon, kind of desperate. So do I, do I, over, do I, do I overlook this guy is probably a, you know, a numb skull and just go for it. And, you know, so anyway, we, we did okay. And so we decided uh, we'd invite him over to the house and he could meet my husband and we'll just see how things go. So he came over uh, and I don't know, we had, we had a glass of wine or something. And then uh, I decided, well, I'm going to, I'm going to go for this just because, you know, I'm ready for an experience here, even though I wasn't really I knew that he wasn't going to be anything that would, you know, this would absolutely be a one and done for me because he, he just wasn't doing the right stuff. So, Mm -hmm. so we go upstairs. So here we are, we're clearly intending to become sexual with one another. He strips off his clothes. You know, I, I, I undid my own. He didn't make any move to try to (laughs) help me with that. Maybe he was a little bitch. Oh my God. And this is my first, this is my only experience my whole life that was this bad. He never touched me. He never put his arm around me. He never kissed me even once. He just got undressed, hopped into the bed, stuck his dick in me, you know, came in about two and a half minutes. And that was it. <laughs> what? And I'm telling you, I was so disgusted. I was just so, I was so disgusted with myself. I knew this guy was a fool and I still went for it anyway, you know, and this is where desperation will get you. <laughs> so, so I'm trying not to be desperate anymore. It was a terrible experience. I mean, an experience like that will drive good people out of the lifestyle. It will, it will. And I was just about there saying, Oh my God, but I didn't have anybody to blame, but myself. Cause he had all the signals were there that he wasn't curious that he was a, you know, that he was a brute. Um, the signals were there and I just decided to override them because I make decisions for myself. And, you know, I I never imagined it could be so terrible. So of course I 
I've never spoken to him since and would never want to, but yeah. So that's, that's like, that is the worst experience in my whole life. It's the opposite of everything I said I wanted. I want somebody that's interested, somebody that's curious, somebody that's a gentleman, somebody that's affectionate, somebody that knows how to treat me and my husband uh, respectfully. You know, he was everything but that. So anyway, those are, that's a checklist of everything not to do ever. And so he never did any type of foreplay. He never no. like touched no. you. He never like put a no. finger in you. No. He never like did a little licky lick down on no. the clit. No, Just... not a single thing. And so, wow, yeah, it's not pleasant to have a an, an unwarmed up uh, pussy with a dick sticking in it. It's it's not pleasant. It hurts. It's not good. So, yeah, no, he's the worst. That's the worst. And, you know, this wasn't a young guy. This wasn't like a 30-year-old, you know, which I don't mind. But, you know, it wasn't a young guy that didn't just didn't know any better because he's young and stupid. Yeah. This guy was 52. Oh, wow. And if he's been managing his life that way his whole life, no wonder he's alone. I mean, honest to God. So, anyway, yeah, bad, bad news. Wow. Never happened. I mean, not even when I, you know, I was in college before I had my first sexual experience. But even when I was young and stupid and didn't know anything, I never, ever had an experience like that where there was zero effort put put into trying to engage me in the act that we were about to do. So, yeah. Wow. That is nuts. Yeah. And like and you guys, like I, I think you have your face out there in social media but she uh crystal is just a beautiful blue-eyed blonde-haired lady you i couldn't imagine anybody just rushing up in that you know and my thing with it and i'm just gonna say this and uh let crystal take over but make sure you warm up your lady play partner. So, I mean, I, me, I love eating pussy. I, love, I will worship the hell out of some pussy. Okay. Uh, but hey, I understand that maybe that's not some people's things. Right. And so you got to use uh, some fingers or something, at least, you know, use a vibrator or something, at least, you know, kiss on the neck or the earlobe or the collarbone or something. You got to spend about at least 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes on the warm up, and then just go with the vibe, you know, just don't, that's like you going out and it's 20 degrees below zero in Chicago during the wintertime and you just turn on your car, you just drive off. You don't let the thing warm up. You're going to blow your engine out. And guys, you try to start up a woman that way, <laughs> you're going to blow your chances with her. So that's well, all I'm going to say, Crystal. That That is for sure. No, it's, but you know, but all of that, I mean, it, it doesn't really matter what technique they use in the beginning. Uh, but it's, if they, if they come to the table with not a shred of concern for the other person, without a shred of curiosity about that woman, without a shred of manners toward that woman. Uh, yeah. I, and I was just shocked that that could even happen in today's world, that a man could be so absolutely clueless um, and he, and the point is he did, he was so narcissistic. He didn't care. You know, all he wanted, this is a guy just wanted to get his dick wet. He didn't care what kind of experience I had, or he would have done something different. So anyway, you can usually spot the red flags. And if you override them, like I did, then you're going to get what you get and it probably won't be good. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad you accepted 
responsibility for that. Absolutely. I knew I just, you know, this is where, and I, and you know, my husband and I kind of laughed about it after I said, this is what desperation in Portland will do to you. (laughs) (laughs) Just because he's cute doesn't mean you should do it. You know, right? even though it might be another year before you find somebody that you want to be with, don't be that desperate because it makes you feel terrible about yourself. And like I said, it, you know, for the, for the right person, an experience like that will absolutely drive them out of lifestyle and you lose good people out of lifestyle because of that. So don't be a jerk. That would be my best advice. All right, so we have had an awesome and a lovely and a beautiful time with Mrs. Crystal Welch out there in Portland, Oregon. If you are a beautiful black man that is a gentleman and knows how to treat a woman, you need to hit Crystal Welch up. And Crystal, what is the best way people can reach you? Well, you can uh, pop onto my website. It's just crystalwelch.com. If you're on Twitter, I'm crystalwelch99. Um, And my husband's on there too, if you have questions for him. He is crystals underscore cuck. Uh, and that that will allow you to. It, I have several people that want to ask him questions after they hear our story. They're like, "What's wrong with you, man?" <laughs> well, I'm teasing. It's not like that. But anyway, though, that's probably the best way. Um, there is a form there that you can fill out, and it will send me a little email, and we can communicate that way. So, thank you for that. You're very, very welcome. So, you guys, make sure that you get at her, Miss Crystal Wilch, at crystalwilch.com, on Twitter, at crystalwilch99, and then her husband, at crystals underscore cuck. And make sure that you treat them right. And if you're a beautiful black man, that's a gentleman, and that lasts longer than two minutes and knows how to warm up a lady and you're respectable, <laughs> make sure you hit her up. And if not, then please kindly fuck off. <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna have to give you like, you know, a finder fee <laughs> if somebody shows up because of that. That's why. <laughs> you know, you could be on the payroll over here, Doc. I don't know. Oh, okay. I, I thought your finder fee was gonna be like. Well, guess what, Doc? I'll let you watch me get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> well, guess what, Doc? I'll call you a little bitch and spank you. That's the other part that could happen. <laughs> I actually would invite that i promise you like you think i'm joking like hey that hey that's a turn on see 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 we dig each other's secrets out so it's not just one way over here right so all right well thank you guys you guys stay sexy out there bye thank you for listening to everybody's favorite black man candy doc chocolate of the bulls and queens podcast if you would like doc chocolate to help you host your next fun and kinky private party or you want info on his next monthly las vegas bulls and queens play party or you'd like to have him pose as a nude or semi-nude model for your next girls night out or bachelorette party Make sure you go to www.bullsandqueens.com right now and fill out the form on the website to contact Doc. Again, that's www.bullsandqueens.com. Until next time, bulls, queens, and cucks.
Stay sexy.